You're now listening to The Electrical Current, a podcast series brought to you by the independent electrical contractors. Welcome to the second season of the IEC National podcast series, The Electrical Current. I'm your host for the show, IEC National CEO, Spencer Vilwalk. During this podcast series, we will talk with folks throughout America that help to make the electrical and systems contracting industry truly great. Today, our featured guest is Mark Wilkie. Mark is the AVP of a construction segment at CNA Insurance based out of Chicago. CNA is a long-standing elite partner with IEC. They're focused on loss prevention and have a host of solutions for the industry and the businesses of IEC. Mark currently serves as the chair of the Platinum Partner Council and also sits on the IEC National Board of Directors. He's a terrific supporter and leader of IEC's mission and cause and a terrific person all around. I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. And Mark, I'd like to officially welcome you to the IEC National Podcast Series, The Electrical Current. Thank you, Spencer. Uh, this is my first podcast. Oh, fantastic. Well, good. <laughs> well, hopefully it'll be very painful and uh, traumatic for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll never do another one again, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Do you do you listen to other podcasts at all? Or I do. I'm, yeah. I'm actually a pretty avid podcast listener. All uh, right. Yeah. Almost good. daily. I yes. Got a, I got you know two or three that are in my uh, in my uh, Apple Podcast app that uh, I hit up all the time. Understood. So. Understood. I mean, we we need to be on a, a path of continual learning um, from exactly. one another, and and I think that uh, this the technology that's at our fingertips now, being able to connect us in many different ways. There's a lot of distractions that are out there. But I think that uh, podcasts are a way to be able to harvest information um, that it's free <laughs> yeah. to people and, and to be able to get those nuggets of wisdom that, that uh, each one of us has to impart uh, upon one another. So, 100%. Awesome, awesome. I'm curious, uh, what, what, yeah, what, uh, what, what podcast do you listen to uh, regularly? Yeah, so I listen mostly to like the Daily and the New York Times. Yeah. Uh, some of the Vanity Fair podcasts. Gotcha. Um, I love movies, so I actually listen to movie podcasts. Really? Uh, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So more that that's like my I, I guess my pop culture uh, uh-huh. satisfaction for the week. So nice, nice, um, nice. Yeah, and, and some things Chicago sports related when I have the time. So yeah, very all good. over the place. Very good. That's that's terrific. That's terrific. Well, good. Well, um, well, yeah. Again, thank you for taking your time to to be able to to connect today, Mark. And and um, I I really like to start with the the fundamental question um, out there, and, and and you can help to bring us up to speed as to where you are today. Uh, but but tell us a little bit about uh, you know where you grew up and and kind of lead us down the path um, as to where you are now. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I grew up uh, about 30 miles outside the city of Chicago mm-hmm. uh, in a western suburb town called Naperville, which yeah. um, I think people are probably very familiar with uh, in the recent decade because it really has been a very expansive city and yes. uh, has grown significantly yeah. even from uh, when I lived there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a you know normal kind of suburban upbringing and uh, good schools, good high schools, close enough to the city where uh, you know on weekends we can come in for Cubs games and Bulls games and yeah. Bears games, and uh, that eventually kind of led me to really wanting to live and and raise a family in the city in the city, uh, yeah. Yeah. which I'm doing currently. So terrific. Um, but yeah, Chicago native. Uh, I don't ever see myself leaving. To yep. be honest with you, I, I love the city. I've embraced it. It's my own. Yeah. 
Um, we're in a nice community on, on the west side of the city. Yeah. And looking forward to sending my kids to the public schools here and, yeah. and really being a Chicagoan. That's terrific. That's terrific. Well, great. And and so you're on the west side, so you're, you're still uh, kind of leaning towards Naperville a bit. Do you still have family out in Naperville area? Or? Yeah, my family's kind of migrated. Yeah. Um, they're they're actually a little bit closer to the city, but they're still in the burbs. Okay. Um, I have a, a brother who uh, has two beautiful kids, mm-hmm. and our, he lives about two and a half blocks from me. So no way, uh, really? Yeah, we're really close. Yeah, so I didn't we know that. uh, that's great. We li- we live in a neighborhood called Bucktown, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, it's it's great raising our kids together. You know, so close to each other and, and getting to explore the city and the parks and everything like that. That's terrific. That's terrific. And you know, I mean, I think that, I think there's a misnomer about about uh, urban living and, and big city living. I mean, in Chicago, I mean, is 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 you know one of the largest cities in the world, um, let alone in the United States. And it, it's absolutely beautiful city. And and there's so much going on. So much uh, you know, rich arts culture. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the the food is amazing, and it's just architecturally. You know, yeah. Um, but 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 I think that, that there's a misnomer around that um, that city life can be very lonely in, in a way, and yeah. and 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 you've just disproven that uh, in a lot of ways of of being able to say you know that no you can you can live close to your family, and oh, yeah. yeah you can continue to you know be connected and and um, and raise raise kids together and and do projects yeah. together and all kinds of stuff. It's awesome. Yeah, and there's there's so many families now in Chicago that yeah. we moved into a new. Uh, new house last summer mm-hmm. and just on our block alone there's you know two or three families that have kids that are similar age to my kids yeah and it's just great having you know we have neighbors just like i did growing up right it's just a little bit different that yeah. you know i can't just run across the street and go over to their house like there, right. there's a little bit more oversight that needs to, to happen here right. but right. it's it's very much similar to to how i grew up and i i enjoy <laughs> it that's terrific. That's terrific. Well, cool, cool. Well, yeah, the buck, living the Bucktown life—that's great. Exactly. Awesome, awesome. Well, um, Mark, how did how did you get into uh, the insurance uh, industry, and and um, and then specifically kind of into the the construction segment? Yeah. So I um, I graduated from Drake University uh-huh. in two thousand five. Yeah, my my boy from Iowa. Very yeah, good. Yes. We're, we're both Iowa Love Iowa it. boys. Love it. At least, uh, for, At least for me least for, in the college sense. That's yeah. right. At least part of part yeah. of the time. I'll I'll accept this. I'll accept. Yeah. This. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I graduated in two thousand five, and and Drake has you know a, a very good business school, and yeah. uh, I was there getting a business degree and kind of finding my way, and yeah. um, talking to some of my teachers and um, some of my advisors at the university. They were kind of pushing me to think about insurance, mm-hmm. not either as a minor or some sort of concentration only yeah. because uh, Des Moines, which is where Drake was located, is yeah. like the second largest insurance hub in the correct, United States. Correct, correct. Yeah, which like, a lot of people huh. don't realize. Right. But right. it is it's very concentrated with jobs in it the is. insurance industry. It is. Is, is, Omaha, is Omaha number one? Because Omaha's got a bunch of anchors Omaha's, there too. Omaha's in the top five, it's but up it's there. actually... Uh, Hartford, Connecticut is Hartford. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. But anyway, so sorry. Go ahead. No. So, so I kind of started taking some classes and, um, I mean, I, I'm not, not going to lie. I didn't like a hundred percent enjoy it. I just, I know I looked at it like any other class, Mm -hmm. um, in college, but afterwards, you know, when I graduated, um, I actually, I took a job, not in insurance for 
about five to six months and it mm-hmm. was more in financial advisement and mm-hmm. I, I did not enjoy that. Gotcha. And it just so happened that I had a, a friend who I went to college with who was working at a local insurance company in Des Moines mm-hmm. who said they were hiring. And I mean, next thing I know, I was going for my first day at, at a smaller insurance huh. company in Des Moines and, yeah. and found myself there and, and I did enjoy it. And I, you know, it was, it was not only a good um, community of people. Yes. I uh, kind of realized that everybody's kind of interconnected in the insurance world. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, it, and it actually feels very small. Uh-huh. Um, but it was enjoyable work. It really was. It, and, um, you know, finding myself starting to work in construction mm-hmm. a little bit later in my career, yeah. um, that is when it really kind of kicked in for me that this is, um, you know, this is tedious, very complex. Um, something that requires uh, a lot of sophistication and, yeah. a, and a very uh, almost narrow mindset on how to approach ensuring hmm. complex construction. Yes, yes. Um, that it became very challenging. Yeah. And um, for me, challenges bring opportunities. Absolutely, I I very much enjoyed doing that, and I've been doing that now at CNA for entering my tenth year. Ten years. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 it's continually evolving. You know the way that, uh-huh. that the insurance industry is continually evolving. And and I mean, you guys provide a, a whole host of, of different solutions to be able to help. Uh, um, you know, keep keep policyholders and and, and uh, you know IEC members and, and everybody you know in, in, in the construction segment that you focus on um, protected and and also yeah a lot of loss prevention pieces and exactly. a lot of educational opportunities that are there too. So that's that's. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Um, what, Mark, it's an interesting foray into yeah, into the industry and kind of where you're at. And it sounds like, yeah, I mean, you just listening to you describe it, you, you're, um, I use this term affectionately, you're a geek for it. You know, you, yeah. you, you, you love it. You love what you do. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm curious, you know, within those challenges that you mentioned, what, what do you think is, has been your, the greatest challenge um, that you faced, either professionally or, or personally, that that um, you kind of work through that you'd like to share about? Yeah, I, you know, I kind of approach challenges, um, and I, I try to scale them down as much as possible because mm-hmm. I think uh, you know there's an old saying like there's only one way to eat a Buick and it's one piece at a time. Right? <laughs> Even though that doesn't make any sense, but I've heard that before. <laughs> Uh, and have a good dentist then yeah exactly. on the back end jeez exactly <laughs> um, so i i uh whenever I have massive challenges ahead of me I, yeah. I really try to pare them down and almost kind of whittle away at them yeah yeah one step um, at a time yeah yeah and i think you know the, I think the biggest challenge and and I hope this isn't a cop out mm-hmm. but uh it's it's change you know hmm. we are living in an ever changing yeah. financial marketplace and an ever changing yeah. political world. Uh, really an ever-changing uh, insurance world. We're yeah. constantly trying to react to other markets. Mm-hmm. Um, and the challenge for me is making sure that, uh, you know, we're fresh and we're at the top. And I think that we do a really good job of doing that, whether it's um, being at the forefront of diversity, being um, uh, at the forefront of inclusion, being yeah. uh, top of mind as far as media, and yeah. engaging with our, um, you know, our clients and, and the public. Um, but yeah, you know, seeing massive changes, Mm -hmm. those bring challenges, but if you can, you know, get in front of those and kind of chip away at them, um, it really kind of keeps you top of mind, not only for your customer base, but, but in the marketplace. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Very well said. Very well said. And I, I've long thought that, you know, we, we are evolutionary beings 
yet mm-hmm. highly resistant to change, if that makes sense. You know, that, that, yeah. and, and I think that the, change, the, the resistance to change comes from a need for certainty. We, we, like yeah. to, we like to wake up and know that it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you know, like whatever day it is, and know, you know what to expect um, because that helps, to, helps us to stay organized and helps us stay focused on, on the goals that we have. But yet we live in a world of, of constant change. We know that, that this is happening. And, and so it's wrapping your head around the mindset of looking at it not as, not as barriers for, you know, or, or I, I guess, yeah, you, you phrased it you phrased it the right way of, of um, you know, the, the challenges that, that you, you take on and, and that you, you accept those challenges, and that's part of change. You know, that, that, right. Okay, now this is, this is put onto the table. Now we got to figure out how to work with that, whether it be a yeah. policy-related issue that come down or disruption into the, the marketplace or an economic reset or, or you uh-huh. know, demands from the industry or what have you. Um, and rising to that challenge, then, is, it goes back to you know, what, some of the passion and, and love that, that it sounds like you, you've got for your career. Too. Yeah, so, yeah, and it, it's cool. It's funny to see how it's changed. When I was younger in my career, I yeah. I, I remember very distinctly. Um, Any time there was, you know, whether it was a shift in the economy or yeah. a shift in the marketplace or the job market, I remember feeling as a younger kind of professional, like, what does this mean for me? Like, I yes. was constantly asking myself that. Yeah. What does this mean for me? And, you know, there's a, there's a sense of anxiety that enters your life right, right. Uh, when that happens. And, and now I, I view it totally differently. Hmm. A very smart man once told me it was you, Spencer. What? Uh, <laughs> tur- turn, your ex- turn your anxiety into excitement. Yeah, yes. Remember telling me that? Yes, and, uh, I do. Yeah. And that yeah. was, you know, that, that has <laughs> kind of resonated a little bit with me. Or actually, yeah. I should say a lot of it because yeah. now when changes hit on the hori- on the horizon and yeah. there are things out of your control those are opportunities yeah. those are those are ways for you to enter uh, something different in the marketplace and that's right um, it that is to me is exciting because yes. when yes. you don't have those opportunities then you find yourself kind of in a rut yep you know and you don't have that flexibility to uh, maneuver in your professional life correct correct and yep. um yeah so the, the viewpoint for me has changed as I as I've gotten older and I guess more tenured in my career. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, well thank you for the hat tip there too. The, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, and and I think yeah that to to give more context to folks listening on that that piece. I think we were talking. We were I think we were in Chicago and we were at your office and we were kind of talking through some of these things a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and and yeah that if you look yeah if you look physiologically at anxiety and, and and the stresses and and you look physiologically at excitement they are virtually identical as to mm-hmm. what happens within your body there, you know there's there's uh, there's cortisone and there's you know there's all kinds of things that you know shooting through your system but it's how we react is it's yep. how we have the choice that's our choice how we react to externalities things that are going on outside that are affecting our emotions um and we have that we can frame our mind to be able to harness that. Yeah. That what is our reaction to that change? Right. And you can either f- it and then, it, yeah, I mean, it's fight or flight. So, exactly. <laughs> so you, you can try to run from it, which then is, is feeding into that beast of anxiety in which then, 
now you're going to just get real good at running every time that change happens. And we already discussed, Mark, that change is an inevitability of life mm-hmm. and continuing to then the, the duration of how changes happen or continue to get you know, uh, closer and closer together. Um, or, yeah, you can look at it as a challenge and frame your head around that of like, wait a minute, no, I'm excited to take this on because it's eating a Buick one bite at a time. <laughs> it's, yeah, exactly. What do I do now? Right. And what am I going to, now after I do that, what do I do next? Exactly. And, and you know, that, that our life is composed of those moments and those choices that then lead to decades long of making those choices and having that excitement and keep continuing to then frame your mind around it. Um, not be neglectful of, of fear, um, right. but not letting it drive you recognizing it for what it is and try to harness that power to use for the good of, of what you can do to be able to affect you know, exactly. your, your world. So that's awesome. Exactly. That's awesome. Well, th- thank you. That, that's a, it's a, that's huge, a nice call. It's back, a huge compliment, that? man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I was, yeah, yeah. Thank you. I'm kind of beside of myself, but, um, T- can you tell me a little bit about uh, um, you know CNA and and uh, and and kind of how you guys are looking at the upcoming changes that that you might foresee within the industry? Any any insights looking into the crystal ball um, to be able to share back with with folks in the construction industry? Yeah, um, I think one of the biggest things is actually where where CNA and IEC are very much aligned. Mm-hmm. Is, is the influence that we can have on the upcoming labor force. Yeah. You know, and, yes. you know, it's very dynamic and changing right now. Um, you know, a lot of the construction labor force are, are very tenured, kind of that journey man or woman Yes, um, that has been in their career for a very long time that maybe is now in their twilight of their career who's right. looking to, you know, to maybe send themselves off into retirement. and. Right. Um, you know, there is a big gap between, yeah. um, you know, who represents the younger part of the labor force versus who represents the the journeyman or woman in the yes. labor force. Yes. And it's concerning that, you know, once those uh, retirees start to happen, that the sophistication and education and expertise really in the trades, um, there, there's going to be some there's going to be some gaps in that. Yes. Um, and yeah. as an insurance company who you know, relies heavily on, you know, making sure that we are mitigating risk correctly, mm-hmm. even at the, I don't want to say the lowest level, but probably the, the, the point of entry for yeah. construction, which right. is the, the workmanship piece of it. Yeah. Um, you know, when you have a drop off in, in that knowledge base and that sophistication, mm-hmm. it's a little concerning, but, yeah. uh, you know, part of what we do, um, is, is try to be as influential in risk management and safety as possible. And yeah. we have a team of, uh, just fan- fantastic risk control engineers that, you know, really are here, and this is free of charge. We're yeah. here to influence uh, construction companies, and if if a company decides to purchase insurance through CNA, uh, we have these engineers that will go out and will help rewrite mm-hmm. safety manuals yeah. and construction practices and hiring practices. Right. Um, they'll, come out, they'll come out and work custom on site, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because uh, right. we don't see ourselves just as a traditional insurance company. Yeah. Uh, we are a, a service provider mm-hmm. to the, the 50th degree yeah. when it comes to construction insurance. And 
we're not even we're not just going to write a policy and send it to you in the mail and not talk to you for a year. Yeah. We're going to be engaged in your corporation. We are going to be engaged in the changes that you want to make. Yeah. We're going to help you do that and that is just included with with what we do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and wow. that's different from what a lot of our competitors do is, you know, we we want that we want to make that investment into the companies that we insure. Right. Right. It's a, a, a true partnership and, and true it alliance. Really yeah. Yeah. That's terrific. That's terrific. Um, yeah. Just just a whole a whole host of and, and suite of, of different uh, different ways that that you help to partner with with uh, your your um, you know, your policyholders and your customers. Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. And, and, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. One of the things I was going to say too, and, and this is something I've admired so much about IEC is that, you know, I think that, that we're approaching uh, a point, I guess, in history where yeah. the four year university, you know, there has to be a discussion culturally about where that kind of sits yes. in our, in our culture. And yes, is that the necessity for, the future generations and right. I, I i just i personally don't think that it is yes. i think that there's a underutilization of trade schools yes and other you know facets of college that can prepare the youth um, for the job market right. especially with all the job mark or job openings in the construction world right you know there is a labor shortage in construction and that needs really needs to be addressed as we enter you know heavy infrastructure construction uh, across the country and as uh, you know commercial construction continues to kind of buzz along and residential construction picks up you know we're going to need um, the younger generation to really dedicate themselves to um, you know joining the trades and That's I right. think it's a an honorable career and and someone uh, can really make make something of themselves in it and I Amen. I think that narrative yeah. that narrative really um you know, that's what I admired about IEC is that you're really trying to change that narrative and really yeah. trying to impact culture in that way. Yeah. And I feel very similarly to that. And yeah. I know CNA does as well. That That's terrific. Yeah. 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 You hit it. That's that's a, a, a strong chord that, that really we've been, um, I think, looking at. Honestly, we've been looking at for a long time in the construction industry and it's specifically at IEC is, is um, we've looked at. Um, a society in which then has gone down a pathway of college or bust right. and, and not, not, not for better, not for worse. You know, it was, I think it was well-intended um, and, and a, and a strong direction that, that may have served, you know, a, a purpose um, in its originality, but then we've designed a system that has rewarded this mentality of college or bust. And we've created a K through 12 system in which then has rewarded and, and looked at, at, uh, um, you know, past regulations and 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 uh, you know, past uh, practices that that then uh, um, put funding behind schools that then have more college placement, um, mm-hmm. and and yet then the reality of it is as we learned um, a couple of years ago we had we had uh, uh, Dr. Kevin Fleming um, from he's based out of the Stanford area. Um, he came and did a, a talk at, at uh, IEC National Convention, um, and he's an economist. And, and uh, you know, he talked a lot about his, his research dedicated towards workforce needs and, and the education that one needs to get into the workforce. And he looked at, you know, historically in, in the pits uh, and the valleys that our economy goes through as it undulates uh, over the course of time, um, the lows of the recession, 
the lows of the Great Depression, as well as then the highs um, throughout that period of time, and then look back at, at what the labor needs were and the education needs in the labor market through you know times where we were we were um, you know more industrial, <laughs> if you will, right. and and now in in this uh, this uh, digitized world um, and and marketplace that we have now, that there was there was a commonality of a ratio that held through during that period of time of one to seven. Mm-hmm. And so for every ten people that and every ten people in in the workforce, we needed one person with an advanced degree, master's or or a professional uh, um, you know PhD level, you know, doctor, etc. We need two people with with a bachelor's degree in, in a specified area, and then we need seven people that have skilled trades credentials to be able to continue to move the economy and society forward. Mm-hmm. But with the messaging that we put out there of this college or bust, the numbers of that have inverted, in which right. then we've told our young people, we've told our young people and sent them down this this path to say, in order to be successful, you need to work from the neck up and you need to um, you know, pursue this, this uh, degree pathway. And um, we haven't you know, we, we've kind of steered away from from the reality of of the needs of where things are, as well as then the reality of lucrative career opportunities that are there without the 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 mountain of of uh, higher education debt um, through through programs like IECs of of an apprenticeship program where you exactly. you're working and you're earning and learning and and you're gaining the skills to be able to take you wherever you want within your career. Um, and I, and I think you're right. I think there's there's a misnomer that's out there, and and I think we've we've started to pierce that bubble, and and the bubble is about ready to pop because I I feel that you know four or five years ago we were turning up the volume on this conversation and turning a few heads, but now that those heads that have turned have then started to wake up to it as well, and and so it's it's becoming more of a. a um, more of a conversation at the national and local level in, in, in areas throughout the country. And, and I think that we're trying to figure out, okay, what do we do? What do we do from here? So I think there, there is going to be some reform um, that's needed within our, our education system, within our, our messaging as to where things are going. I think that we started to talk a lot more about apprenticeships and the apprenticeship model from the federal level, and it's getting into our states and getting into our schools and starting to become more of a household term, if you will, you know, around the dinner table in, in, uh, in cities throughout America. So that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Yeah. But, but as, as, as you well pointed out, we got, we have, uh, we're, we got people aging out of, yeah. of the industry and, and we have a huge opportunity and demand to be able to, that red carpet is rolled out and it mm-hmm. is wide and long. And, and there is a tremendous amount of opportunity that's there. But we just need to be able to get our message in front of the right people and, and get it out there in a different way um, as we allow them the values and, and beliefs of society to be able to then change alongside. So, yeah, it's... It's, it's a fascinating it, topic. It is, it is. And, and um, again, I, I want to jump back to mindset on this one, Mark, because I think for a long time we, we sat and we... Uh, one hand, we had our head in hand, um, looking at you know like where are our skilled trades people coming from? The other hand was was a fist kind of shaking into the air of like, well, darn it, 
right. But y- you need to go back to what's within your control, what's within your power to be able to do. And yeah. And so yeah, we started. You know, IEC. We launched initiatives like MyElectricCareer.com, and started to talk about the career opportunities that are out there, and started to get out there as, as everybody turns to Google late at night. What do I do? What do I do with my life? Right. You know, where Where are career opportunities? Try to attract those folks into the foray of, of what opportunities that are here. Not not driving around and, and throwing people into the back of a van and making them become right. skilled trades people, but but exposing them to the opportunities that haven't been there within their cities, within their public education systems. And and may, they might not have that connection that some folks have of, of knowing somebody in their family within the trades to expose them to what the right. realities of it are. So. Yeah, well, yeah, I think yeah. of I think of kind of the situation where you know you have person A and person B, yeah, yeah. and and both have the um, you know desire to be a, a business owner, yes, right? Yes, and per- person A goes to college and they're taught all these things about how to run a business before they even turn twenty one years old. Yes, you know, and then they're kind of set free and said, okay, go find a job that's applicable to everything that you've learned, right? And that and then try to do that. Yes, And then per- person B, who wants to be a business owner, says, I'm going to go and join the apprenticeship program at IEC, wherever I'm located in the right. chapter nearest to me. Right. And I'm from day one, I'm going to be taught the finer skills of how to perform this duty. Yes. And I know that 10 years from now, I'm going to have learned um, as much as I can, or really as much as that is needed um, to start to think about being a business owner. And then 10 years from that point, maybe they're ready to do that. Right, right. right. But they're so singularly focused in their trade yes. that they are becoming an expert. Yes. And they're not just shoved all this information in a span of four years and kind of set free. Right. It, this is continual learning. Right. And if you kind of set those two side by side, to me, one is just so glaringly different. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that either is good or bad, right. but there, it's a different approach. It's a different approach. Right. And as, if you just look at them without any labels or anything, I'm choosing the person who goes to um, you know, the apprenticeship program who's yes. going to be, and I won't say they'll be more successful or whatever, but they'll be more prepared yes. for that. Yes, yes. Right? Right. And, right. and if, if preparation is kind of the key to you know, setting up uh, your own business or being prepared to do that, then, right. um, you know, that's just, it, it It resonates more with me as far as getting people ready to take that step. Right, right. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I couldn't agree with you more. I think that, that I think there's, you're alluding to, there's, there's a misnomer too, I think about, um, you know, the, the higher education pathway that there's a, a magical job you know, as soon as you get your your degree, that there's a magical job that's right there, ready for you, mm-hmm. and and that's not not the case. You know that that it's hedging your bets, just like everything in life is. As you make decisions and and you you see what the outcomes are, you're intentful and you're present and you're you you know doing everything that you can. You work for everything that you want to you know want to uh, want for yourself and and want to push for, um, but but um, when yeah when you're when you're pursuing a degree under a um, you know, under a degree pathway, um, there you still then once you get that degree, then you you have to show that you're 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 um, employable, and you need to you need to you know go fight for that job, 
yeah and uh and and yeah when in the in the the pathway of of going down in skilled trades and an apprenticeship then you're gaining those on the job skills so it's it's as well as then learning the theoretical aspects of of uh you know uh, electrical theory and and you know all the all the intricacies and and pieces that 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 young person might not necessarily um, be faced in in their uh, on the job training um, yet but they will be um, and then they do get exposed to it and they've already got some theoretical you know aspect and, and some laboratory work on it they're more prepared as you said you know to, to be able to take things on so it's fascinating yeah. it's really fascinating it really is but it's it's fun to be a part of of the conversation and, and help to um, help to yeah create more uh, more equity you know within yeah the, the skilled trades you know so yeah it's great and the other thing yeah. too that that it, it's not just in and, and i guess i'll tie this back to to cna but it's it's not just um you know it, it doesn't have to be skill-based as far as you know a, a tradesman right so right. any there, there's other ways to enter uh the construction industry yes you know yeah. you you can look at uh, being a risk manager, right. a risk engineer at an insurance right. company. You right. can work at entering a construction segment at an insurance company and being an underwriter, right? Right. right. Um, and then eventually kind of working your way up to managing a, a large book of business that, um, you know, has the ins and outs of, of pretty much every facet of the construction industry that right. you're trying to manage profits and everything like that. Yeah. Um, or you can go into construction accounting or, um, you know, construction-related bonding. Like, there's all these avenues within the construction space that that are open, and they yeah. they're in they're in need of that talent. Yeah. Right. So I think the common the, the common misconception is that if someone says, "Oh, I'm going to work in construction," that you have to be going and swinging a hammer. Right. Um, right. And that's not true. There's so many areas. There's software developers. There's software integration. There's all sorts of design and architecture-related functions of construction that are so integral that. It is such an expansive uh, subsegment of our culture that, and it's growing. I mean, yes. if you go to some of the, you know, if you go to Nashville or, um, right. or even to Chicago and you count the cranes in the air, I mean, yeah, it's huge. It is. It, huge. It's a, it's yeah. it's amazing what's happening, right? And That's everything right. that you see needs to be insured. Yes. Right? So someone's yes. insuring it, you know. <laughs> right. Uh, it's just a matter of who. So. Yeah. That's fascinating. That's fascinating. You're, you're right that 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 uh, there are. It's just a, a a huge web of opportunities that are there, you know, to get into the you know, the different um, oh what would I call it like sub sub segments or or um, you know the different avenues of opportunity within you know the industry that you're you're um, tied into within insurance and how it relates back to construction as well. So it just yeah you you could it's a fascinating career pathway. To be able really to is. then go down, um, it's amazing. And let's talk about that um, real quick. I want to ask you. Um, we're tapping into your sagely wisdom and advice here. If okay. if if you're if you're um, you know you're you're talking to a young person, you know, at the beginning of their career, or, or somebody that's that let's say they're they're going to be graduating high school um, this this coming spring, and they're not sure. You know, they they're mm-hmm. wide eyed and and see that there's some ambition that's there but uh it's somewhat unbridled um what what do you think you know how would you how would you help to share some wisdom as they're looking at their future yeah uh i guess i would kind of relay some something someone told me when i was probably in my second or third year of my career was don't specialize yourself too early 
hmm. but pre- pre- but prepare yourself to specialize as soon as you can. Right? And I know that that doesn't totally make sense. And and really, what the I guess the core of it is is when you're younger and you're you're new to your career or you're looking for your career, you know, be as open minded as you can about what you're seeing in the job market, right? Yeah. Um, and and whatever piques your interest, um, you know, pursue it. Yeah. And then as soon as you find yourself, you know, working whether you're in insurance or in construction or you're working at a bank or whatever. Mm-hmm. As soon as you find something that you really become interested in, yeah. turn that specialization switch in and yes. on and, and begin to learn everything that you can about right. that. Right. Um, because that, once you identify, um, you know, that piece of specialization earlier in your, early on in your career, yeah. you can take advantage of the opportunities within that kind of sub market. Right it's only going to propel your career further because right. the, the, the company that you're working for is then going to become reliant upon you, yes. right? They're yeah. going to become reliant on your knowledge and your expertise. And, yeah. and that's what happened with construction with me. Yeah. I mean, early on, I was kind of working in, in all parts of, diff, uh, of construction, whether yeah. it was insuring dry cleaners and restaurants to running big coastal, uh, coast-to-coast trucking programs, right, taxi right. cab programs. Uh, and then I, I really kind of took a hold of construction a couple of years before I, I left a company to go to CNA. Mm-hmm. Um, and then construction became what I, what I was known for and what I do. Yeah. Um, yeah. and it really has been that for now 10 years at, at CNA, it's, yeah. it's all been construction related and it's been right. amazing to then even specialize even more within construction. You know, right. there's certain things within construction that I consider my, uh, myself a specialist in. Yeah. Um, so it's, it, it really is. It's don't, don't become specialized too early, but mm-hmm. the second that you see something that, that, yeah. you know, piques your interest or really yeah. carves out a path for you, turn that switch on and really go and run with it. Yeah. That's, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. It, um, it, it playing to your strengths, you know, really. Yeah. yeah just, and, and, um, I think there's, there's an interesting piece I think that we have around, um, uh, again, back to societal values. We, we, we tend to place value on on well-rounded people, you know, and and, and yeah. but yet, you know, the, what we know within the career pathway that that then your specialty and your specialization and and what I, I the term I used earlier um, was was the geek. Um, mm-hmm. Find that geek, you know. You yeah. you need to figure out you know, where your strengths are, as well as then that intersection of of where your your personal interest and passions lie. And yeah. that's where you're gonna. That's your wheelhouse, right? That's where you really, um, really are gonna uh, provide value back to those that you're serving, um, as well as yourself. You get that, that yeah. personal satisfaction, you know. So that that's that's great. That's great. I, I love it, Mark. I love it. Yeah. Um, and and you alluded to too that you know, somebody had mentioned this to you in, in a couple of years into your career. And, and I'm curious, you know, let's talk about mentors for a second. Um, yeah, is, is there somebody or or a couple of people that stick out that that have really been influential as mentors in your life that you could share a bit about? Yeah, absolutely. And and you know they're kind of you know all over the place, whether it's personal or professional. Uh, from a professional standpoint, there was you know two really integral people at. Uh, at CNA that, you know, I, I personally owe a lot to, yeah. um, because very early on, they, mm-hmm. I guess, saw something in me that maybe I hadn't seen yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, I don't want to say they held my hand, but they really, you know, when I was looking for, 
uh, a path. You yeah. know, one of the paths would, you know, had these two guys kind of pointing at it, right. saying, "Choose this yeah. one." You know? Follow the yellow brick uh, road. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and and one of them, I actually had the pleasure of working for for a couple of years. Um, and the other one actually just retired uh, hmm. last week after yeah. a 40-year career. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I learned a lot from both of them. Yeah. And um, they they were integral to, you know, to me being where I am. And, yeah. Um, you know, obviously, everything that I've gone through to get there and kind of what my future looks like. And, That's awesome. You know, without guys like john tatum and mike gahern and the construction industry and the insurance industry young people like me like we have a harder time kind of finding our path and i was fortunate to have two two awesome mentors that uh, you know really had my back yeah yeah that's awesome that is awesome that is awesome and and now now yeah whether whether you're conscious of it or not you're probably you're a mentor to others you know, yeah, you're helping. I, I think so. Yeah, yeah, you're helping to to shine light on that pathway um, for folks as well. Even even the words that you shared today, uh, you know, about you know young people and, and looking at um, you know the, the the wisdom piece, you know, that that you imparted yeah. on us of of you know that you don't specialize too early and but look for that specialty. You know, find find yeah. that my 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 thing of the find the geek you know inside of you yeah. um, type of thing and and then pursue that. I mean that that's. That's that's providing wisdom and, and sharing that back. That's awesome. Hundred percent. Cool. Um, well, Mark, what do you do for fun? Oh, I've got two kids, so they take up all my time. Nice, <laughs> really? nice. Yeah. How um, old again? You got uh, a four real, and a half. Yeah. four and a half, and, you and a, one. Yeah, you got a real young one too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, um, so that means you have not slept in f- over four years. Uh, it slept a yeah. solid night, at least. Yeah. <laughs> one gets up really early. The the one year old sleeps quite a bit. Okay. So that's Good. pretty nice. Good. Um, but my uh, my wonderful wife, yeah. uh, she gets me some more hours than than she gets. So yeah. Yeah. I suppose I suppose uh, maybe that will change here in the future. But, yeah. Uh, it's because you're grumpy uh, when when uh, you don't get your sleep, Mark. I mean, let's be let's be serious here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but we, you know, for fun, it really is. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, being a, a, a I guess, a young dad yeah. uh, or, or newer dad still. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, we're kind of, my wife and I are, are learning a lot as we, you know, raise our two kids. And yeah. Doing it with, uh, you know, somewhat hectic uh, work lifestyles. My wife's, uh, my wife is a, a pharmacy professional at, mm-hmm. a, at a hospital locally here in oh, Chicago. Cool. And she works her butt off. And yeah. Uh, a lot of it is managing, uh, you know, the, the after work life with the kids yes. and then the weekends and, yeah. you know, kind of having things planned and making sure we're having fun and yeah. we're being, uh, you know, we're, we're constantly teaching and constantly yeah. learning from our kids. So yeah. it's, uh, it's a, it's a wild ride. Yeah. It really is. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pry a little bit because there's, there's, uh, there's one piece yeah. that, that, uh, I think that is unique about what you and you shared this with me um, uh, a year or two ago too about um, you you get together with a group of old friends yeah uh, on a on a is it like every year or every other year or something but yeah but you have a very I want to call it a, a, a systemized cathartic experience <laughs> of right. getting together and being yeah. real being real yeah. with one another. Could you, could you tell a little bit about that? Cause I think I was really inspired when you, when you talked to me about that. And I think that that, that could be also very helpful for other people, you know, thinking about, 
Yeah, this this continual path of advancement that we're on in, in yeah. our, our personal and professional lives. Yeah, I have a, um, a group of college friends who, some of them live here in Chicago, but, but and most are, are kind of spread out, just, yeah. just as everybody kind of has their, their college friends yeah. are, are usually spread out across the United States. And every couple of years, um, whenever there's an opportunity to, to get, get everybody together, it's, it's obviously harder now with kids and everything like Understood, that. Much, yeah. much easier in the past, but, right. um, you know, we, we would get together and we'd have dinner and we'd catch up and then we would kind of convene to a, uh, uh, local establishment, uh, maybe a, <laughs> a, a an upstairs room in the establishment, mm-hmm. and we would we would do these things called ding votes. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, it was a, a complete, uh, I guess, honest giving of each other. Yes, and, and to say, um, you know, to keep everybody's uh, relationship in front of them. Yeah, you know, you you had the chance to kind of just talk to each other yeah. and to, to write down things about each other that you appreciated or you just didn't, didn't like and, right. um, you know, really kind of keep everything in the forefront. And yeah. we've been doing it since college yeah. and, you know, it really has kept our relationship very strong. Right. Really to, to be very, yeah, very brutally honest, both on the positive as well as in constructive yeah. side. Yeah. 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 And to have fun with it. I yeah. Mean, we have fun with it. You know, a so lot you, of it is joking you, around. Right. You you, you, so you write them down, and then is there an orator, or do you, you you know, like, how does that work? Yeah, there's there's a, a couple guys who kind of sit at the front, and then, okay. you know, you, you write it on a piece of paper, you throw it in a hat, and then <laughs> I love uh, the, I love the readers just read it. And yeah. it's, it's a, it, is a, it is a function of all of our friendship that yes. we can be as brutally honest with each other, yes. not a single person. Uh, gets upset about. Yes, it is yes. purely for fun. It's it's you know? the rules and, of engagement are yeah that you yeah you can't hold that grudge yeah totally totally and huh. I think when I was telling you about it it is like it's the it's it's how you know you have good friends yes you can say whatever to that friend and no one's gonna get their feelings hurt right um, you can have fun with it and it really kind of keeps everything in the forefront of, of friendship because it you know it's hard it's hard to maintain friendships for a long time i'm doing it now yeah. with, with kids and yeah. you, you lose touch with people but you do. the fact that you can get together and then all anybody wants to do is is go to a bar and do ding votes because we yeah. kind of want to you know have fun with each other like that's telling you know like we have fun right. with it yeah that's that's awesome that is awesome well i i appreciate you uh yeah indulging me on that one again because i think again it's it's a unique piece that you'd shared with me that i think is is um it's it's a, such a useful tool because it yeah it helps to keep ego in check helps to make you mm-hmm. self aware and and also yeah it helps to enrich the relationships with with friends and other people to be able exactly. to have that level of honesty in a world in which then is constantly demanding for our attention in which we're constantly distracted and more complexity comes into it as you get families etc cetera, etc cetera. but investing that time into your own professional personal development and growth is critical. Um, because yeah. who we are, if we make the best version and continue to perfect that on a daily basis as to who we are, yeah. we're going to be able to then serve others in the capacity yeah. that we have uh, from a healthier standpoint for a longer period of time with uh, more perspective. So, 100%. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Mark, I, I can't thank you enough again for everything you do for, for the industry. Um, the partnership with CNA is, is just second to none. And, um, and, and thank you for your leadership, everything you do for, for IEC, for our members, and, and for the association. 
My pleasure. It, it, um, you know, I look at, at IEC, it's, it, you know, it's a family. And um, I, I learn so much from, from your organization and uh, value your input and the members' input and the apprentices' input. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a critical function to, to CNA and, yeah. and how we view the marketplace. And it really kind of lets us peek behind the curtains a little bit as to what's going on in the world of our clientele. Absolutely. Um, and, yeah. and that is valuable. And there's a reason why we've been partners for 30 years, 30, mm-hmm. 32 years now. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, it's, it goes both ways. You know, yeah. we, we're continually learning from each other. That's awesome. Well, we're, we're in this together and it's the true form of partnership. For uh, sure. We we together, we are IEC. So, Absolutely. Mark, thank you. And, and thanks to all of our listeners out there. This has been another installment in the IEC podcast series, The Electrical Current. You can check us out over at ieci.org. And if you're interested in career opportunities within the electrical and systems industry, jump over to myelectriccareer.com. That's myelectriccareer.com to learn more and start on your path to achieve your dreams.